wouldn't it be great to just go out there and start pinching all these arborists <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic? My goodness. <laughs> uh. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dave. Thanks for joining Bob and I for our podcast, Thriving in Dystopia. And even though we always try and be professionals, sometimes we swear. So just know that going in. Here we are, David Boy. New season, new flavors, new guests, new courses of our meals. New courses. Good. New. Do you feel like it's a new you, Bob? Yeah, I do. Completely different. Um, completely different host. I took a five-day intensive podcast training over the last week. I'm going to be good this season, Dave. I'm going to, you know, not have any of those weaknesses I, I struggled with last season. Unless something unforeseen crops up, you're going to have a better host on your hands. Wow. What do you think your best talent is as a podcast host? Sorry, podcast co-host. Do you consider yourself a host or a co-host? Co-host. Yeah, I consider myself a host. <laughs> Welcome to Thriving in Dystopia. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm your co-host, Bob. <laughs> uh, host and co-host. Hey, co-host, what is your best um, attribute as a podcaster? Top three. Top three attributes as a podcaster? The first one is my encyclopedic knowledge of the podcast universe that's out there right now. Whoa, nice. That's good. Okay. Number two? My number two is that my voice generally is very calming to the audience. Oh, oh, almost too calming. Wake up. Wake up, Carbone. That's right. Nice. And is there a third? Yeah, there is. Best show notes in the business. Uh, yeah, that's. There might be some truth to all of what you just said, Bob. <laughs> there is a kernel of truth to each and every one of those things. Colonel Weston Monroe, as it were. How about yourself, Dave? <laughs> what are your three strongest attributes as a podcast uh, host? As a host? You know, I bring a lot of good knowledge of the behind the scenes, like how to turn those dials and those knobs, um, what kind of microphones to buy, and to make sure to buy plenty of microphone to USB cables because you're going to bend them a lot. Yep, very bendable. How, how, how many uh how many cables have you busted through bob oh uh, well only one but i busted through it really early on yeah yeah i busted through two but this one's still got some legs left not many not many legs but wow. it's got some nice work oh yeah probably shouldn't move the mic as you're podcasting um number two besides the the Knob Turner. That's what they call me. Dave the Knob Turner Peach Tree. <laughs> um, number two is I, I bring some of the best intros to the business. Today was supposed to be your intro day. Yep. And instead, we're talking about some nonsense. 
<laughs> some Dave Maisler hamburger nonsense, as if it you if you will. I, I think you're implying that when you do the introduction, we talk about things that aren't nonsense. No, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I I only talk about nonsense. If I had a in an ideal situation, I would have our show be about nothing, kind of like Seinfeld in the 1980s, where it was actually about nothing. Mm, wow. Yeah. I mean, that gets me on another thread, but I don't think we should go there. I don't think we should go down the Seinfeld rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And number three, best podcast attribute from your host, Dave Maisler, is, oh God, I guess that's it. <laughs> Everything else is just trash. <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, you keep things light, you keep things in a way that is accessible to a wider audience. And I appreciate uh, they that. call me they call me Joe Plummer. Joe Everyman. That's right. That's Dave. All right, Bob, what'd you want to talk about today? What'd you bring me in here for? Well, uh, you know how we are always podcasting and then it takes a while so our listeners don't get it for a while. And we always yeah. talk about these things that are not relevant anymore. Well, I'm <laughs> going to bring one of those things up. Oh, perfect. Just ask you, Dave, how you're celebrating your St. Patrick's Day today. <laughs> uh, good. Yeah, I thought you were going to bring up uh, the November election. This episode was actually recorded in November of 2016. <laughs> it's a throwback <laughs> We finally got it <laughs> out there. <laughs> Yeah, I think Hillary's got this one, Bob. Um, she's got it in the bag. And yeah, prediction, I, I'm already looking to 2020. Um, you know, who's 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 got it in 2020? None other than Mitt Romney. He's coming back in 2020. Now, um, St. Patrick's Day, I woke up and I had no green on and I got pinched by Julie Peachtree. And I said, that's pretty funny. And then there was a bunch of guys that came to our house to remove a bunch of dead tree limbs from our giant uh, uh, historic 2016 snowstorm. Mm. Uh, None of them were in green. And I had the thought, wouldn't it be great to just go out there and start pinching all these arborists? (laughs) In the middle of a (laughs) pandemic, my goodness. Instead, I offered them coffee. Nice. And they said, they said, oh, no, 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 thanks. And then Julie said, the real move is you just go out there with a cup of coffee and you just pour them a cup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they can't say no to fresh coffee. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's very Vermont. For for the one Vermont listener left out there, Jason K. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. No, that's not true. We're still Poland but he is, Vermont. Yeah. We're Poland. In 2016. Um, yeah, Bob, not a whole lot. It's been a pretty sweet week. It's We get a spring break here. Um, uh, in between, in bulk and spring, we get this nice little week off at the old um, elementary school. And I am just loving it. We got 24 inches of snow and... As you know, in Colorado, when you get 24 inches in snow, you can be running the next day in the streets. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. It's 50 degrees. 
melting everywhere and I'm just on like in my skivvies going on a run in the after 24 inches. So wait, the snow did, did it snow Sunday and Monday and then was it melting by Tuesday or what's the timeline here? It started snowing like Sunday or sorry, Saturday at like 12 uh, like sorry, 10 p.m. and it was done snowing at it snowed an inch an inch an hour for 24 hours. And on Monday, I went on a run at 3 p.m. Monday. So the melting yeah. already had started by Monday? Yeah. Can you believe it? So eat your heart out, Jason K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, that's, that's the old update from my side of the neighborhood. What about you? St. Patrick's Day. St. Patty's Day. Well, you can see we're doing our... Zencaster video that I've got my green on. Yep. Good. And <laughs> nothing new about that. Nothing new. I St. Patrick's Day is a weird holiday. I, I mean, I don't mean to mean to offend anyone Irish, but what the hell is with St. Patrick's yeah. Day? You know? <laughs> Where'd it come from? Why does it exist? Like, why yeah. do the Irish get this holiday? Um, which as far as I can tell. What you're supposed to do is wear green and drink beer. It's like, uh, <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, it's just a weird ass holiday for me. And all I can think about is like the only memories that come up is when we were back in college, it was just such an occasion to drink. So, um, I don't actually have any. Any, any plans for the day, but one of the plans would be maybe to figure out what St. Patrick's Day is all about. And is it possible to have like a more, I don't know, a St. Patrick's Day that has a little bit of heart to it? <laughs> maybe. I mean, I'm assuming that this is like a church holiday, right? So yeah. I'm I'm sure Helen Maisler would pull us back to what the church has to say and who St. Patrick is. and. Yurdy yurdy, uh, bringing up Seinfeld, yada yada yada. <laughs> I was really tired the next day. Um, anyway, no, yeah, I don't know. It seems like kind of one of those fake holidays to me, to be honest with you. Like I know it exists, but why it why it has any real polling? Because they don't really celebrate it in Ireland, from what I remember. Like now they do, but like back in, it's like a new holiday in Ireland for them to be like, oh yeah, this is what they do in the states. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, when yeah. I, I had Irish friends, and it w- St. Patrick's Day was not not on their radar. Yeah, not at all. I will say one of my fondest memories is St. Patrick's Day. Like, tends to go along with college basketball for me. Yeah, like you bring up college, and I'm just like, it just feels like the start of March Madness. Like, how many times have do we have memories of CU losing some tournament game during? St. Patrick's Day, you know? That's right. Um, and I definitely remember there was this one team, Wisconsin of Milwaukee. Do you remember them? Yeah, I do. And they had some like epic game where they won something back in like 2000. And I'm going to say 2004, but it might have been 2005. And I just remember we... You know, because we were just drinking, we we drank a bunch of whiskey milks because oh, it was mis- yes. Wisconsin of Milwaukee. And I just Pete Dalen would just like was served up the whiskey milks, you know. 
<laughs> and now I'm just like, I just have this deep memory of like St. Patrick's Day drinking whiskey mixed with milk and watching basketball. And I'm like, that's about as that's about as much hard as you're gonna get from me, Bub. <laughs> oh, that, that's a good memory. I had forgotten about the whiskey milks, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. It, it makes it's enough for me to root for um, you know, Wisconsin and Milwaukee every year. I, I don't think they got into the tourney this year, but <laughs> I wish they had. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, let's let's uh let's get into it, Bob. I'm ready. Let's do it, Dave. Serve us up, would you? Yeah. So this is the start of a new season. We tend uh, there was um I'll make a quick aside. <laughs> I I made it what two sentences in before I'm walking us down another path. Um, uh, maybe like eight or ten episodes ago, Bob, you mentioned that you started watching a TV show with Ted Danson and Kristen Bell called The Good Place. Yeah, and it, this has been my first like time where I got a chance to watch it, and I'm I went through the first season this week, and I loved it. And, um, why am I bringing this up? I've already lost my train of thought. Damn. Oh, there's this really great, um, scene where she's watching a TV show from the BBC and the quote is, yeah, it's been running for 30 seasons. It's been running for 18 years. They almost made 30 episodes. (laughs) Good one. Good critique. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, British television shows have like six episodes per season, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's like famously and famously only doing six episodes a series, you know? And (laughs) I lost it on that one. There's also a really great saltine joke um, with Ted Danson wanting to, (laughs) wishing that he had a chance to eat a saltine before he died and also wishing that he had a chance to... um, Tell someone take it sleazy. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I, Ted Danson is just great in that show. Oh my god, Eleanor. Yeah. yeah Eleanor. Anyway, <laughs> sorry to walk us down that path, but um, yeah, we are we thriving in dystopia. Famously, does um, eight episode seasons. Famously, yep. And I don't know why we came to that. Do you have any recollection? Uh, no, I feel like it just organically happened. We're like, let's just call it a season after our first date. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing nothing changed. (laughs) So like, (laughs) you uh, you know, to be fair, the end, I think we got tired of the end song, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. It was, it was an end song change that we needed. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, uh, I'm kind of tired of that one. And I just got into one random rap mix and that's you know why i think it i was like i think you just told me after the fact that you had changed it and you're like hey bob we're in a new season now yeah <laughs> and your whole world changed boom just like that i guess that's my um that's my third best attribute as a podcaster yeah. Yeah. keep keeping it sleazy as it were <laughs> take it sleazy um just mixing it up okay so let me get back. Let us get back on our path, Bob. We are walking down. I believe this is season number six, which is wild to me. Yeah, it is. And this season is going to take us 
damn near our one year anniversary, which is kind of cool. Um, anyhow, those, those are neither here nor there, but it is worth mentioning that we'll come up on our one year anniversary at the end of this. So you can order your, your party streamers now. Yeah. Get your merch. Uh, Get your, get your merch. Yeah. Merch store is open now. Just go to amazon.com and type in um, thriving in dystopia and see what comes up. <laughs> and let us know. And let us know because we have no idea. All right. So, yeah. Season six. We are going to kind of try this new theme and it's pretty loose right now. Sometimes we like to do this where we have a theme and we're just going to build around it over with you all. And with each other and see what happens. And I woke up today and I just thought of baggage. And I thought, hmm, baggage kind of feels like it means a lot. There's like a lot with baggage, you know? You got your Samsonites. You got your, uh, I don't even know any other type of baggages. Um, But no, baggage like on a... F- personal and a physical means like what does it mean to have baggage as people and i love this idea of unpacking baggage like i know that like my viewpoint of myself is that when i look at myself i i feel like i'm not a person that carries a lot of baggage with them but i feel like that is just so erroneous. Like there's no way that you can be a human on this planet and not be carrying some baggage with you. And I'm curious to try and unpack some of my own baggage. Want to get some of yours out on the table. Um, go through it. It's a customs check. <laughs> we got a border crossing and we're going to, we're going to check your baggage, Bob, check your check as it were. And Yeah. And I don't know, that's kind of the loose loose theme where we're going with here. And we'll probably get a guest on this this season and unpack some of their baggage too. That's great oh. stuff. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. about this, Dave. I think it's a good theme. It's in the way you talked about it. For me, like this, th- yeah, both physical baggage and then psychological baggage. And I think one of the things we do in this this show is like we we like delve into the psychological, but then we also want to like make make implications for like the social and the, the societal and or just look at the interplay between the societal and the psychological. But I think we'll also explore like actual like baggage, luggage, and because when you brought this theme up. I wanted to take it in a dystopian direction. And so I'll tell listeners where I went with this. The dystopian novel series by Octavia Butler, the parable series in the first book called The Parable of the Sower, it is set in Southern California, you know, approximately 2020, which is 30 years after Octavia Butler wrote it. So society's kind of coming apart at the seams somewhat similar to what we're actually experienced, but it's a little bit further coming apart at the seams. I think climate change is worse. The p- political situation is worse. And, um, the main character Olamina is a, I think she's 
a black teenager. She might be mixed race. Um, her dad's definitely black. And um, they are in a like multi-ethnic community. And part of the theme is like people are, people of color are getting attacked by white fundamentalist Christians. Um, so in, in all of this, like it comes to a place where they basically get run out of their home and they have to like, at some moment think that, okay, we got to go. Like we, we have to get out of here. It's not safe anymore. So they basically have to pack their bags and, and leave. And so that's one idea of baggage that I was thinking about um, in this dystopian times. Like what, what would we pack, um, you know, if we had to leave? And I think that does relate to the psychological baggage that we'll talk about m- later in the season. But like, you know, to have baggage, you have to pack that baggage in the first place, right? So like, why do we pack psychological baggage? And what does it mean to unpack it later on? Um, but yeah, just that idea of preparing for having to go and to be a refugee. Um, was relevant for me last summer in the fires in California. Expected to be relevant again this coming fire season. And first time in my life, I'd been thinking about packing a go bag for years, but then uh, my partner and I made it happen last, last summer. Um, and I'm proud to say we have our, our go bag, although it, um, the trail mix in there, we, 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 we squirreled into it, Dave. We, we need to uh, re-up the trail mix uh, before the, the fire season hits again. <laughs> I'll just say that much. Oh man. So you, did you make your go bag like ahead of time? I mean, obviously you did, but, um, yeah. How, how much time did you have to prepare your go bag? When the fire started like erupting and like, it was like, oh man, there's a lot of fires going on and we were following it in the news. Uh, there were some, like a lot of, especially on Twitter, notices of like, yeah, people should prepare their go bags. And here's like a link that you can go to, to think about what you should be putting in there. And we're like, okay, let's, let's start putting our go bag together. We weren't like in, we weren't in immediate need of leaving, but maybe we're like two categories apart from that. You know, we, we started like, I think our neighbors were making go bags and, um, yeah, of course, we were lucky enough, and um, the fire stayed in the mountains of Monterey County. So, yeah, it wasn't even that close, but who knows? So, we, we did it. Yep. And got to beg the question, Bob. The questions be, it's out there. People want to know. I, as we're live feeding, I can see all the questions coming in on our live feed. What's in the bag? What's in the oh, bag? Man. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? <laughs> that is a seven reference that Dave is referring nice, to. Nice, good, good. The bag, um, you know, I'm I'm looking at it right now, and it is a old, um, you know, mountaineering backpack camping backpack uh probably like 
60 gallons or no, probably smaller than that. Actually. Um, it's not, it's not that big. Um, and it has change of clothes. It has all of our important documentation. It Mm, has, um, like, I think some blankets and pillows, small pillows are in there. Flashlights, all of our like medication and my pocket knife. And we have a small bag within that that has our cat food in there as well for our little one, our little gatita. Yeah. Pootie pile. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Do you own anything of value, Bob? Like, do you have, do you have, I, that question sounds a little mean, but what I mean to say is like, does a go bag is it's, it sounds like you got all your, your must haves. And I like that, but I didn't hear any sedimentality things that you, you got in your go bag. But I also don't think you're a person that owns too many things in general, you know? Yeah. I don't um, know. I'm just, I'm curious about that a little bit. I, I do. I, I'm, I'm sure there's things that like I don't have in there that I would just desperately miss. Um, you have like my tro- top drawer of my dresser. I keep little trinkets, you know, that I've collected over the years. And um, yeah. What about dad's wedding ring? Yeah. That would be in there. And I, I think I didn't, I think my next step was like, yeah, if, if it gets to like one step more serious, then I'm going to like put pictures and things from that drawer in the go bag. But I wasn't quite ready to do that. It wasn't quite serious enough. Now, now did you take your podcast microphone with you, Bob? <laughs> um. I didn't, but I did have another thought. You, if, if we had to go in car, then I would start to put together other like things, you know, like secondary things like, yeah, the podcast microphone and um, I don't know, some of the other stuff, maybe clothes, other clothes and maybe kitchen knives and things like that, that are not essential, yeah. but are like expensive or, you know, yeah. be a pain in the ass to, to buy them again. So like, hmm. there's, I guess, like two levels of going, like where you have to just like, you just have to go. All we have time for yeah. is just like running to get the go bag and then running. And it never seemed like it was going to be like that. It, um, I mean, maybe it is. It can be. Um, you know, if, for example, someone has a fire in the home, that could be that situation. But for us, it was probably going to be like, okay, we're going to have to leave later today. Let's take an hour and pack everything so it's more than just the go bag i like that yeah i like that um i guess i'll say that i'm just i'm thinking that it seems like a really nice thing like i have my quote-unquote important documents box right where i have like my passport and my birth certificate and my uh whatever my, my what have you's and I think it's a good idea to have a go bag for in case of a house fire. Um, 
like it seems like almost like why why not have that so that that brings up a good good thing for me because i know exactly where all my things that i go and try and get but it'd be a lot nicer if they were just by the door um and i know that i don't know it feels like a little bit prepper to think about things like that but i do prepper meaning like doomsday prepper but it also is just like a paranoid person but there's just like they just sit in they're just sitting in random spots all over the house why not just have them all sit in one spot together you know yeah and then yeah i'm also thinking that i i don't have very many things that are that sentimental to me like you tend to you tended to be a person that you probably still have like your history homework from eighth grade. You know what I mean? Um, and I guarantee you have your twelfth grade uh, literacy work. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure what you mean by literacy, but <laughs> uh, I think we all know what I what you mean by literacy. <laughs> anyway. Um, and you, I just feel like I would always just like, I'd get a paperback and I'd throw it away. You know, I have like the only thing uh, we went through some of my stuff recently. And the only thing we found was some poems I wrote in fourth grade about Albert Bell and how great a, he could hit the ball straight to hell. I wrote that. <laughs> oh, it's poetic genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I got away with that one. Um, I would never let my kids get away with that. I'd be like, you can't write hell on a poem, fourth grader. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, yeah. But like the only thing that really feels like important to me is my wedding ring. Um, but then, you know, as I say that, I realize that I have some pretty important magic cards from our childhood, like little like a uh, wheel of fortune, you know? Um, yeah. So I feel like I'd want to try and save those, but it, it, it does feel like, I don't know, a good practice to have and a good thing to think about. And it feels like rather than thinking about it, like a prepper mentality, thinking about it as adulting, you know, just doing that thing that we should all be doing so that we, when, if something tragic does happen, it doesn't hurt quite as bad. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like, yeah, in those websites, it definitely is a, should, yeah, everyone should do it. Everyone, everyone should, who like lives in a house, I guess, um, or an apartment, um, because things happen in buildings all the time, all the time. Um, so even if one doesn't live in like a place that's in danger of fire, or flood, I think it still very much makes sense to do it. I can't see like I, I don't see the like the downside of doing it. Because it also allows you to think about what is important to you. And I think that's a good good practice as well. Love it. Yeah, that is a good practice. And also like thinking about the stuff that are not important to you. Like, oh man, why do I even have this? Like, I don't know. It's it's that practice of um, like sparking joy, the Marie Kondo idea of like, oh man, this sparks a lot of joy in me or like this feels really necessary to me. Like imagine if it, if I didn't have it with me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Got to, got to pack long dog up 
in my go bag. Ah, oh, looks good. Yeah. Feel free if you are interested in sending sending Bob and I a picture of your go bag. Send us a picture, and Bob will post it on Instagram. <laughs> Love it. That sounds amazing. Love. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's 2016, and this episode's not scheduled to come out till 2021. So <laughs> it'll be like a Just time kidding. capsule. Yeah. Yeah. That is an. I will say, can I just interject? That is an, another thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently. How I think I want to have a practice of letting my students make a time capsule and like then burying it somewhere. I feel like that feels like a really fun thing to do. Uh, I, as a, like, I don't know, I would rather have. Like a high school teacher do that for me. Maybe a fourth grade teacher isn't quite the teacher to do that, you know, because they're nine. So they'll come back at 19 to unbury the time capsule. But there, I don't know. There's something special about the idea of coming back to something. Anyway. Yeah. It does seem like they are a little bit too young to quite realize what to put in there. Like what would be interesting 10 years later. At your age, oh my but, God. yeah, a little bit older. That would be that'd be great. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Love it, Bob. Yeah. Well, you got any any more bright ideas on go bags? Um, it was uh just in this idea of dystopia. The it took these fires in California for me to actually put it together. It'd been on my mind for for years. Um. And so that's interesting to think about um, that having the fires feel like closer than ever made it happen. And yeah, that's just like something we'll take forward with us. Will we talk about baggage and psychological baggage, um, like the imminent danger? And yeah, excited to see where this all goes, Dave. Yeah, that's great. I think too that sometimes desperate times can bring out the best in us, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. not that, not that it was extremely desperate for you, but I feel like that is one of the things that we think about as we learn to confront, like confronting our fears is something that we never really got into last, last season. And I think that sometimes the idea of packing a go bag can be a scary thing for a lot of people. Or, you know, fires are scary. House fires, big fires, earthquakes, tsunamis. All those things are like the reasons you need them, right? Yeah, that's right. Or even other reasons too, like whatever. Anyhow, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm going to make it happen, Bob. Good, Dave. Yeah, by season's end, Dave. I'd like to see your go bag. Yeah. I, uh... Assuredly, by the end of this season, we'll have a, a luggage sponsor, right? Some type of luggage. <laughs> Maybe it'll just be Kirkland Select luggage. <laughs> we got Kirkland Select. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sign up at Kirkland Select. Uh, use the code THRIVING for 10% off your Kirkland <laughs> Select. <laughs> your Kirkland Select luggage. Classic podcast. <laughs> Oh man, it's like, oh, what is the code? Oh God. All right. Yeah. Uh bowling branch, uh sheets. Uh yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Sweet Bob. Well, I think it's time. All right. 
let's introduce it to the to the listeners. Dave, we got a new way of closing out our shows. Yes, it's gut check, gut check. <laughs> well, we're gonna do a gut check here, gut check, and we're excited. This is, I don't know. We we like to just keep it keep it sleazy, as it were. Um, just change it up as much as we can. And the gut check idea really is this idea that we're going to make a, a bold prediction, and then we're going to argue with each other, a real argument as to whether or not we think it's going to happen. And if it does happen, how? And I get to make the gut check this week. And the gut check question is none other than surrounding the 2021 March Madness. And I'm going to put it out there, Bob. I think this year is going to be a year that a double-digit team, meaning a team with a ranking of double digits, is going to win the NCAA tournament. You mean rank a seat, seating of double digits? Yeah, yeah. So like... A 10 seed or above, or below, I should say. Uh, I think historically it only happened, did it even happen? I know Villanova was an 11 seed at one point, right? Yeah, but that's definitely not when Villanova won it. Yeah. Um, As a double digit, and another team came really close. I think it was George Mason. Yeah, George Mason did, but they didn't win it, did they? No, they didn't. They lost to Duke in the finals, right? Yeah, they lost to what's his name, Zion. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, Zion yeah. Williamson. And then there was a year that Butler made it to the finals. I don't know what seed they were, but yeah, they almost beat Duke. So I'm pretty what, sure no one has Houston? ever done it. The Cougars? Did they ever do it? Yeah, they de- never won it all. Nope. Wow. All right. So, so and here, can check. I, I'm, I'd say that's going to be a, a one out of 10, Dave, where as in it's not going to happen, or maybe two out of 10, where one is like the least likely. Yeah. And one is like, you know, only, only a chance in hell. So maybe two is a little bit above that. You mean right where Albert Bell hit the baseball? That's right. Right, Dave. <laughs> so you, I, okay. I'm gonna give it a three, and here's why, Bob. I'm gonna give you a little bit of. I'll let you go next, but I just want you to know that I feel like the idea of um, crowds can really influence a game. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like there's not going to be any crowds like cheering on these like one seeds, and I also. Even more so, I, f- I feel like the basketball talent has been getting better and better over the years, and teams have been sort of evening out. And, you know, I think it was a couple years ago that we had the first ever 16 seed upsetting a one seed, right? Yeah, that was, that was you're right. Mm-hmm. I think, well, I feel like Tennessee lost, but maybe it wasn't Tennessee. I mean, it took like, forever till a 15 seed upset a two seed and that happened like that's happened a few times now so i don't know i just feel like the talent's getting a little bit more spread out anyway 
tell me why you think it's only a two, Bob. Well, first of all, I say you make good points. Those are good. Yeah, I think that those are accurate and they help your case. Um, I'm going to give it a two because simply because the first reason is because it's never happened. So something that's never happened before. It's hard to rank much higher than that. And I, I would also say that I do feel from watching the season this year that the one seeds are pretty strong. Um, like Gonzaga and Baylor and Illinois, especially I think are really strong teams. And for example, Gonzaga is undefeated. So I think somehow, yeah, I think the talent is more spread out or deeper overall. And at the same time, the top teams are, are just better than past top teams, maybe. So, um, but yeah, maybe that it's happening all in Indiana, Indianapolis. Who knows what can happen in, in that place. So I will give it more than a one, you know, because of your arguments, it raises it up to a two for me. There you go. Well, Gut checks are never, never a shoe in. Although maybe they are. We've never done this before. No, we're not. And they're rocket, fun. We're not rocket surgeons or brain scientists. <laughs> Love it, Dave. It was a good, good gut check. It will give us something to be watching for. Um, yeah. Over the next couple of weeks, by the time that this podcast is published. Published. Well, Bob, excited to unpack with you over the next uh, months, I guess you could say weeks. If you want to put it in timelines, um, you know, centuries if you need to. Yep. Over the next centuries. <laughs> yeah. Fractions of centuries. That's how, that's how Grace Lee Boggs sees the world. She sees the world in centuries, not decades. <laughs> <laughs> Good reference. Yeah. Uh, Julie, that I got to give Julie credit for that reference. She has an encyclopedic knowledge of stuff that we've watched. She was talking about how Grace Lee Boggs sees the world in centuries. Anyways, um, great, Bob. Give us the coordinates, and we'll cue up that music. Get in touch with us via email at DavePeachTree at gmail.com. You can send us a message on Instagram at thriving underscore in underscore dystopia. You can tweet at us at bmaze19. You can find our website, thrivingindystopia.com, all one word. And you can find Dave on TikTok doing his reels, Dave Peachtree. (laughs) Yeah. Give us those go bags, people. Let us know what you're packing away so we can unpack it in the weeks to come. Dang, that was good. That. All right. End it. (laughs) That's it. End it, Nadir. End it. (laughs) Love you, Bob. Love you, Dave. Take care. What's up, Driving Crew? Bob and Dave want to take a second to thank you for lending on your ears. They also want to thank the artists for making everything a little more beautiful. The intro song is In Heaven by Drake Stafford. Our audio is edited by the consummate and dexterous Nadir Chayetch. 
web design by Chris the Mixer Sawyer, and of course, visual art is by the prolific and enigmatic Joe Shine. And finally, our new outro song is Stay by Valerie June. See you next week.